Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Brokers Open Podcast. I'm Dr. Ben Spears, the Doctor of Flow. I'm here with the big guy as usual, Matt Vi. How's it going, Matt? Absolutely fantastic. Living another living another day in paradise, brother. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, I'm right here with you, so that's a good yep. thing. Right. Yep. <laughs> Part of what makes a paradise, man. Paradise. Guess where I'm living. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> and I'm next door. So. That's right. Um, yeah, we we got a good. We've got a good and very relevant. Yep. Topic today. Absolutely. And uh, and, and 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 I'm going to let you tell us what it is. Uh huh. And then I'm going to let everybody know how to follow us. Yeah. So uh, how to thrive in a, in a seller's market. And there's 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 quite a few of these that that I put together and you know some information and everything. But we're really going to stick with kind of three of them today. Okay. Yep. And uh, and just to keep everything short and concise and uh, and make sure that we stay on track. But the, but we're going to talk about three different ways to be relevant in a seller's market. Perfect. Well, guys, wherever you listen to this, make sure you hit that follow that subscribe button. It's no better time than right now than to go to brokersopenpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We'll send you some. Uh, monthly real estate uh, tips, tricks, and hacks. I, I always want to say real estate twice for some reason. Real estate tips, tricks, and hacks straight to your inbox and, and hopefully help you generate more business and close more transactions um, in the next 12 months. Yep. So, Matt. Yeah, there's, Benny. There's there's multiple ways to thrive in a seller's market. Yep. Um, the three you know we're going to talk about. There's multiple <clears throat> ways to fail in a seller's market as well. Yeah, there's probably more ways to fail than there is to succeed. <laughs> yeah. I would have to I would have to say that yep. and, and and be pretty confident about it. But um, one of the things that we're going to talk about is contingencies, mm-hmm. right? So tell us when it comes to contingencies in a seller's market, you know, good thing, bad thing. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, so when you so here's the here's the tendency in a seller's market as buyers get more and more fatigued. Right. Yeah. They're, they're like, hey, I'm tired of losing to this. You know, maybe they have all cash. Maybe they don't have all cash. Uh, and, and so what they end up doing is they waive a bunch of contingencies. And then after the fact, they end up with the with the repercussions of waiving those contingencies. Right. Yeah. So appraisal is a is a is a big one right yeah. don't don't waive your appraisal contingency if if you if the uh, buyer doesn't understand exactly what's happening don't allow them to waive it okay yeah. that's, that's how it goes with all of these but yeah you know inspection as, a, as an example right that you know i'll just take it as is just give me the house right yeah. talk to a uh, you know probably uh, two weeks ago talk to a, a home inspector that does a ton of uh, a ton of home inspections he and his he and his team and he said he's getting so many calls back now uh, or, you know, calls after the fact, not call back. I shouldn't have said call back. He's getting called after the transaction is over and people are wanting home inspections done. And oh, he's wow. going through and he's finding stuff and these people are just flipping out, right? He says oh, two out of three times, you know, people are crying when he goes over the report with them, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they just got in the frenzy. You know, there was yep. uh, the blood in the water and, you know, everybody's taking a bite and, and then, you know, somebody grabs a house and they're happy that they got the house and everything. And the next thing they know, they look back and there's, you know, a year left on their on their roof or something like that, right? Yeah. So is is waiving a contingency a good idea? Absolutely, it makes your offer more competitive. Right. But does making the offer more competitive outweigh the long-term repercussions of what's possibly going to happen? Now, not that everyone that, that waives inspection contingency, they don't end up with a doghouse, right? That's not right. the way it works. Of course. Sometimes, man, you throw those dice and, and, and it comes up lucky seven. Barbie's dream house. That's right. And then other times <laughs> you throw those dice and, and you crap out. Castle right? Grayskull. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. So, so, uh, so both of those things are really probable. The key here is, are you communicating that as the agent? Are you communicating that clearly with them? Hey, here's what the, here's, here's what it's going to take for us to be more competitive. 
and here's the repercussions of what can happen. After you have that conversation with them, I would suggest everyone, anyone that is waiving a contingency that is built into your contract, everyone should, should at least send a follow-up email that says, Hey, Dr. Ben, you know, I just wanted to reach out. You know, I'm glad we're putting this offer in. Yes, it looks like a very competitive offer. I'm getting ready to hit send on it. I just wanted to clarify, you know, we talked about waiving the appraisal contingency and the impacts of that. And we also talked about waiving the inspection and the, and the impacts of that. You know, if, if anything comes up that, that you, you know, you're second guessing those, please let me know as soon as possible because, you know, I don't want to have any long-term issues with, uh, with, you know, how much you love the house or a relationship so that you can continue referring business to me, right? Something like that goes out in, a, in an email just to clarify hey look I told you okay yeah so uh, so send that out and and it's a lot easier to get that once when you had that conversation and they're in that and and that mindset it's a lot easier for them to feel comfortable going okay yeah yeah I know exactly where we're at with this yeah. right once you've had that that chance to kind of circle back around later you sending something like that to them after and you not having it in your file and going hey don't you remember you told me about this man their members gonna be awfully foggy yeah, oh, they're gonna be like, it. I don't remember having that conversation. Yeah, yeah well, who are you? That's exactly. <laughs> right. uh, you need to talk to my lawyer. Yeah, yeah. So consider uh, consider you know the repercussions whenever you're waiving any kind of contingencies, and then make sure that you follow up with an email saying, you know, hey, we talked about this. Let me know if anything comes up that you change your mind. Yeah, absolutely. So you know that brings us that brings us you know to the second one that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, you, you can't really play hardball, right? If you if yeah. you got the if you got buyers, you can't go in there and be like, I'll offer you half half of what your homes yeah. <laughs> were, that kind of thing, and right. throw in the fridge and right. or everybody throws in there, throw in the washer dryer, right? Yeah. So I got a I got a real funny story about it, a real funny story about this. So, uh, so you know, I, a, a friend referred me to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And this kind this guy was kind of a big deal in a small town. Right. Okay. And uh, and uh, he was a small deal in a big town and moved to a small town, so he turned into a big deal in his head. Okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, and so you know, my friend said, "Hey, you you got to work with Matt, right?" So we, he and his wife and I go and we start looking at houses, and he never has time to go look at the houses and yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then he's supposed to meet us on the second showing with things and all that kind of stuff, and he doesn't meet right. All right, so all of that. So, oh, uh, so we submit this up. Uh, we submit the offer, and the offer. I was just like, "Hey, look, this is this offer just isn't gonna." This, this just isn't going to work, right? I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to submit it, uh, but, uh, but I just think that here's the issues that we're having with this. Because he was, you know, an appraiser eight or ten years before for two years. And, you know, yeah. he was explaining how it was overpriced and all that kind of stuff. And it, and it was priced a little strong, but not 30%, right? Yeah. Like what he was, okay. And so we go through all of that and everything. And, and you know, he calls, you know, he calls me back. You know, I'm like, your offer got rejected and everything. He goes, yeah, can you, can you stop by the office? I was like, yeah, sure. So he wants me, he's sitting behind his desk with his feet propped up whenever I come in. And, uh, and he says, uh, and, and, you know, I'd spent a lot of time with them. Right. And so, you know, with his, with his wife, we, you know, every house that we looked at together that he was super busy and couldn't look at for long, his wife and I, and, and their kids half of the time went back and looked at these houses, had spent a tremendous amount of time with them. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, he's got his feet propped up on the desk and everything. And he goes, you know, I think you're just not taking what we're doing here with our, and so for five minutes, he, you know, lambaste me about how the offer doesn't get accepted. Okay. And so now keep in mind, this is a, you know, I'm 25 years in the business. I was still selling at this point. I don't even know if I owned my brokerage at, at this point. So I'm a year or two in the business, something like that, right? Yeah. This is the this is the late 90s, basically. Yeah. Okay. And so he's, you know, he's raking me over the coals on this, yeah. right? And, uh, and you know, I'm 
wanted the business. I didn't have to have it. Right. <laughs> right. I'm never that guy. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, so he's breaking me over the coals and everything. I said, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right, Scott. You know, I, I appreciate it. Appreciate the time that, that you gave me to, to do this. You know, just, uh, just, you know, let your wife know that, you know, if any of the other houses that she wants to look at, that whatever agent you choose, you guys can go, you guys can go look at them. But, uh, but the, you know, the way that you're putting, having me put these offers in and now telling me that you're upset because I couldn't get a, a bad offer accepted. That's just not going to, just doesn't work for me. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and he was, you could tell he was a little taken back. He was expecting me to sit there and get beat up by it and apologize to him about yeah. it. Right. And, uh, and I was like, dude, I ain't got no time for that. Oh, for and sure. so I leave. And so 15 minutes later he calls back and, uh, and so his wife now, so I, so I get a page from his wife. That's how long this was. <laughs> yeah. So I get a, I get a page from his wife and I'm just, I'm pissed, right? I'm not going to talk to her but I was pissed at this point. And, uh, and so I don't, and, and I always followed up. Absolutely did not follow up. Yeah. Like 15 minutes later, I get a call from him and he's like, Hey, can you come back by the office? And I'm like, no dude, I'm, I'm, you know, I got appointments and stuff. I got anything else to do. Yeah, what I was basically exactly. saying. And he was like, no, I need you to, I need you to, you know, really stop by and, you know, let's go through this. You know, my wife wants to see if I can work something else out with this offer and see if, and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, I, I, I really can't. Right. I, I appreciate it. Right. But, you know, you've got this figured out, you know, you've made, you know, comments that, you know, this, my job isn't that hard and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, all I got to do is present the offer and I get paid all this money and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so I get like three pages from her over the next 20 minutes and I yeah. finally call her back and she's crying and she's like, Scott is at the office. Will you please go back and just talk to him? I want this house, whatever it is that, that you, and I walked back in there and he was still acting jerkish right right but 100 percent compliant yeah and we were under contract in three hours yeah something like that she was as happy and as stoked as as she could be and all of it boiled down to he just thought it was a win-lose situation yeah he wanted to play hardball so that he could sit around with his buddies afterwards and drink beer and say, I, I beat, won. I won. I beat them up. I got this. This is how much less I paid for it. And I told that stupid agent that didn't earn his money this and all that kind of stuff. He wanted all of that. That market was not as near as much of a seller's market as we're in right now. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot more of a balanced market. Having those type of hardball conversations, all that does is put you in a situation where you can't recover from it later. Yeah. If you beat someone up on the price in the beginning, they're going to beat you up on the inspection later. Oh, you know it. They're going to beat you up on the appraisal later. They're going to beat you up on everything else. That doesn't mean don't be stern to what you want. As an agent, help your people understand to be stern with what they want. That's extremely important, okay? However, there's a difference between being stern with what you want and being well-identified what you're looking for and, and going after that house. There's a big difference between that and just trying to play hardball. Yeah. In a seller's market, if you're playing hardball, it's going to come back and it's going to haunt you. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different, you know, way, you know, places to negotiate within a real estate transaction. Um, you know, I used to, you know, of course, like, just like you were saying, like whatever, whatever my, my buyer or my seller wanted, like I was going to fight for that. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Uh, but I used to establish, you know, a rapport with the agent on the other side mm -hmm. immediately. And I would just let them know, listen, Right, you know, we're we're getting this. Here's my offer, <clears throat> and as and as soon as that that uh, conversation, you know, started, of, well, I don't know about this, that kind of thing. I'm like, listen, there's going to be a lot of these conversations that you and I are going to have, and we need to make sure that we understand 
that this is a win-win situation. We need to have a win-win mentality, mm-hmm. you know, going into it. Yes, of course, there were just certain things that you're yep. like, no, we want this, we got to have it. Right. But establishing that from the beginning and kind of like saying, look, this is this is for win-lose in an ideal situation. Right. This is where we need to start, and then if it if it progresses away from that, then it then it does. But um, yeah, there's just yeah. I would I, I would tell buyers to that to that point. I would tell buyers, oh, absolutely, we can reach out with your Christmas list. Yeah, let's exactly. go. Let's go sit on Santa's lap, give them the Christmas list, and ask for everything. But we have to understand, Santa's busy. Santa's got his own agenda. Santa's got all these other things going on. He's got a lot of people to yeah. take care of. It's not just about us being that one kid sitting on Santa's lap. So, so we're going to ask for what we want, but we need to know in the end what it is that we're willing to, to move forward that's going to make us happy with this house. Yeah. And so I would preface that, and I'd say, and, and, and there might be some things that we stand a harder ground on. Let's know what those are in the front end. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly and, right. And then let's ask for that Christmas list. Yep. Well, let's talk about the third one here. Yep. And that is, you know, obviously, if if you're looking in your if you're looking in a certain area, and it's like, man, it's like nothing's showing up, mm-hmm. right? Inventory is so low. Blah blah blah. blah. It's time to widen your search. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so here, there's a couple ways to look at, at, at widen, widen your search. One of them is just go to a bigger geographic area, right? Yeah. Open up. Maybe, it, maybe you know, it's instead of 2,500 to 3,000 square foot, maybe you're at 2,250 to 3,250, yeah. right? That's, that's part of widen the search. Here's, here's another way, and this is whenever, whenever I coached agents, this is another way that I talk to them about that is allow an outlier to creep into their desired search. Yeah. Okay. So what I'd mean by that is, you know, I'd have a good conversation. They're really well qualified. You've had your buyer consult with them. You've talked to them about, you know, what it is that they're looking for and everything. And then you're going to say, so Ben, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to, uh, you know, I know we want to be in this geographic area, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to set it up so that we get one or two houses that are outside this geographic area, just so that we have a direct comparison of what else is going on in the market. It's not to convince you to purchase that other house. Please keep in mind, I want to, I want to be exactly where you are. And I'm glad we've had a very concise conversation about where you want to be, but I don't want you to come up to me later and go, Matt, I didn't have any idea that I could be this happy with that much dollar amount and be and live in this area and it'd be more convenient to this. And it actually has the school zone that I want. I don't want you to regret that later. The other thing that happens is I want you to be happy with your decision. When you pull up into your house every night, I want you to, I want you to think, uh, I want you to think about how much you love the house, not how much you paid for it. Right. And so the way that I make sure that the way that I make sure that happens is I help you understand the market. Part of you understanding the market is by me exposing to you other things are going on the market. Even if it's things that you don't like and that you don't want me making sure you have a little bit of exposure to that is going to make you feel better about your decision. And that's ultimately what I want is I want you to love your decision. I want you to find that right house. So that's where that outlier comes in. You give them just a little bit more of a, of a widened search in that, in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Cool. Um, before we close, it up i'm gonna you know bring up a commercial that i saw i've seen commercials for some reason okay and it was like a mortgage company rocket or quick or something like that and uh you know we're not sponsored by those people so um but it was barbie Uh and she was searching you know with an agent Uh and then there are all these other like ken dolls and other barbie dolls it was like cash offer carl and that kind of thing she's like oh this is my dream house it was her dream house right this is my dream house i really want it but you know i don't i don't have cash offer and that kind of stuff and it was like the mortgage company was like well 
you know, with a pre pre approved right. this, you know, you can come in like you're just as strong as a cash offer or whatever. Right. It was like Barbie ended up getting the house. And all right. these other people were like, Well, where am I gonna live? And that's where it came in. And <laughs> it showed Skeletor over there. Skeletor. And he goes, You can live and so I'm like, You can live here thing is thunder and lightning castle castle great skull does. That's so so good. You know, brings back straight up those little nineteen eighties uh, cartoons and you know, the best part of my life. So absolutely um, pre kids that is. Yeah, eighties were awesome. Yeah, the eighties were sick. So yeah. guys. Remember He Man, you know, and Barbie. You know, it's hard to forget Barbie because she just won't go away. Right. But uh, remember, remember those good old days and reminisce and uh, and let us let us know. You know, on social media somewhere, go and comment on one of our posts. Like, what was your favorite toy in the eighties? I'd yeah. absolutely love to hear that. So, yeah. <laughs> most of you weren't even born in the eighties, maybe. Right. Nineties, two thousands, whatever. Yeah. But uh, guys, wherever you're listening, to this iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, these are any of those platforms. Make sure you hit that follow button. If you're watching us on YouTube, what's up? Hit that red subscribe button, that bell right beside of it. You get notified every time we drop a new episode. Matt. Yep. Brokers Open Podcast, my man. It yeah, is man. not just about open houses. But it's about open minds. 